0: Welcome to PTG TV. This is your host Antonio Hicks, aka Escape in the Matrix. In this episode of Real Talking Conversation, I welcome on my special guest, someone I'm very excited to talk to, Miss Walisha Plant. She's a business and trademark lawyer, trademark lawyer, sorry. In a discussion about how to protect your intellectual property, welcome onto the show, Alicia.
1: Thank you, thank you so much, Antonio. Um, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Now, can you introduce everybody, tell a little bit everybody about, you know, who you are, like what got you into law and specialize? What special what made you specialize in this form of law?
1: Okay, so my name is attorney Willie Plant. Um, I am managing partner of Esquire Litigation Group, also um, managing partner of the brand plant. Um, It is a intellectual law firm, um, remote intellectual law firm. Um, i always always known that I wanted to be an attorney since I was a little girl, since about 12 years old. I think I told my mom the first time that I wanted to be an attorney. Um, I originally thought that I was going to do criminal law, um, you know, be out there de- defending my people, um, mm-hmm. but I'd spent a little bit of time at the PD's office interning while in school and also outside um, after I graduated. Um, wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, and then Ultimately, intellectual property law fell into my lap. And I say that all the time because I did it for a friend. Um, I ultimately did it for one of my friends. She filed an application herself. Um, And then she had a bunch of different hiccups and I ended up figuring it out for her. And it just kind of like rolled out from there. I started um, advertising it and I started offering that as a service and letting people know that I did it. Mm -hmm. Um, I branded out and then ultimately it just took off. So that's how intellectual property came about um, in my legal career. But I've definitely always known that I, I admire working with people, um, I've always had a passion for helping people, um and then just the whole business and branding index of it all. I come from family, a long line of uh, entrepreneurs in my family. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of just meshed and made sense and worked out. And when it feels right, nine times out of ten it is right. So
0: all right, absolutely. What so what really made me want to like hit you up and, Slide into your DMs and ask you. I was referred by um, Alicia Luncheon. I don't know if you know who. The, well, I'm, I don't know if you know who the Luncheon lawyer is. Yeah, I
1: know her.
0: I gotta, you know the mention-
1: community is very small. It's only five percent of us that are Black attorneys, so very small.
0: And she's definitely doing her thing here in Atlanta. Yes. But um, so I saw this thing about this guy that made the emoji app for the Kardashians, and I know how much money they were making off of it. And even Kanye West was even bragging about it in one of his songs. But now the guy that developed the app for them is homeless. And he was telling his story. He was like, well, once he had built the app out, he really didn't read the contract that he was signing. And so he ultimately ended up giving all of his rights away to the Kardashians. So he made some money off of it, but it really wasn't enough to sustain, you know, his lifestyle. So he ended up trying to sue them. Well, he did sue them. And they countersued him and they end up winning, taking up the bulk of the money that he had, ultimately making him homeless. And I was like, so, you know, for me working, especially working in the IT community, and I'm, I'm a, I'm a full time corporate person, but I'm also an entrepreneur as well, too. I'm like, let me reach out and actually try to talk to somebody so people can understand how important it is for them to protect, you know, their property, especially when they're doing some creating something for somebody else.
1: yeah it's super important and and you hear these tragedy stories all the time where you see someone up on top of the world they've created a a major item um they've partnered up with these you know celebrities um most likely people that have a, a huge legal team behind them and then they end up slipping on their pimping and then find out at the end of the day that they don't have any rights to what they just created um it happens in copyright law it happens in you know trademarks Um, it happens with brand names identities logos things of that sort but it's super important to make sure that you are protecting your stuff along the way and not just signing over anything because what happened in that situation i'm not really particular about the details but it sounds as though he created it and may may have signed like a release form Um, we do those at the firm as well too to ensure that our clients when they're getting stuff created like a logo a slogan um, any type of, you know, contracting out with any any type of independent contractor, that they have these forms, you know, where they are releasing the rights to the ownership of these um, ideas, um, per se. Um, mm-hmm. And then staying with the actual owner of the company um, and that owner of the brand or the company in that situation, it sounds as though he may have signed over his rights got paid a percentage, may have had a licen- licensing agreement or some sort of, you know, monetary gain in the beginning, but ultimately over over the course of uh, seeing that brand grow into fruition, he only scratched the surface of what he could have gotten in, in total. So it is super important to make sure that A, you're not just signing over whatever or signing on a dotted line because someone is telling you to sign over something and and offering you cash. You're having an attorney look over that stuff. And B, you know, you're at least obtaining or keeping some sort of rights to that property to where you're not homeless, you know, three to five years later after inventing something that is so grand.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, we all remember Kanye talking about they made a million a minute. They made a million a minute. And this Mm -hmm. man is homeless now. (laughs) So... Can you break down exactly what is intellectual property and how people so it- can predict it?
1: Oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: No, 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 go ahead. No, just break down yeah what it is to you all.
1: OK, so intellectual property, um, it's it's in, it's like a, a trifold. So when you think of intellectual property, you want to think about patents, trademarks and copyrights. Mm. Um, primarily, when you're talking about trademarks, you're talking about titles um, of literary arts, uh, pieces of art or work or brands. So you want to think about the name of your brand, the logo, um, a slogan, um, things of that sort, podcast name, anything that's going out there on Front Street. Um, when you're thinking about copyright, you want to think about the content. So the internal production of things. So like um, you can copyright an image. Um, you can also copyright a book or a play or a movie script, um, the blog that you write, the script on your page or the, the content that you post on the Internet, the captions that you write those are like content surrounding or within that brand. So you want to think about copyright as being like the content. And then you want to think about patent as being more or less the idea behind it. So when they invented the toilet bowl or they invented the actual cup, um, that whole entire ideology, like behind like the whole scheme of things is the actual patent of what you would be able to protect. It's an actual um, new work of art or an idea.
0: So, now nah, in saying that, is it important for people to do that first when they're coming up with, let's say like you just mentioned a podcast or let's say a line of clothing that they're coming up with, is it, is it important to do that first or like after they've been somewhat established
1: no, you actually want to make sure that you're doing it first. Um, just think about it. When you hear these celebrities, when you hear about their business, you hear about it after they filed the trademark. Rihanna's filed a new trademark for Fenty Kids Line. So now you know she's coming up with a, with a kids line. She hasn't released or dropped any bit of, uh, you know, any piece of, of clothing yet, but you know, it's coming because that trademark is filed. Trademark is a pivotal um, moment for you in in business and in branding. You want to make sure you're doing that first quarter. And the reason being is you don't want to invest all that money into branding, into creating these companies, into the reproduction of this material when you turn around and find out that that name is actually taken. When you're doing the trademark process, we do what we call a knockout search. So we're able to unveil to you and let you know hey, this is a risk factor associated with this actual name because there's one, two, three, four, five different other companies out here. There's Mm -hmm. two that are trademarked. There's one that's pending. We're kind of able to put you up on game about what exactly is going on with that mark um, in the uh, specific field that you're looking to go into. So before you spend a dime on a brand that you don't own, you want to make sure that you have that availability. And it is something that you can actually invest in wholeheartedly knowing that your money's not just going down the drain.
0: Now I know I didn't do that and I probably should I I not probably saying it now. I, just, <laughs> I should do that. Um what is a cost? Cause I heard it this morning too. What is a cost associated with that?
1: Um, it depends. I mean, there's some firms that'll, you know, do just the filing for you. Um, but typically I I say our our prices range from 1500 anywhere from 1500 to $2,500, depending on how many classes you want to classify. Um, And what specific uh, what specific package you want to purchase. So depending on, you know, what how many classes when when I say classes, I mean, what type of services and goods you're going to be providing or selling um, and how many of those you want to actually uh, solidify and and have ownership over. So it just really depends. But I mean, I'd say an average median rate is anywhere between fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollars per application. That's not bad. Yeah, it's an investment. It's definitely an investment and it's an investment into ownership. Like I said before, trademarking is ensuring that you have that ownership right to the, to the actual name, the logo, the slogan. It's making sure that you're going to be able to leave a legacy here when you die, (laughs) when you're no longer here, you know, is you're going to be able to leave it to your children or your, your brand um, partners, um, whatever the case may be. You never want to be in a situation where, like I said before, you're investing in a brand you don't own. And not Mm -hmm. only that, but, you're just building up something that you'll never be able to own.
0: Yeah. Cause you can, what you're pitching is saying is that somebody, if they build a brand out and somebody already has rights to it, they actually could sit on it and wait for you to become highly successful and turn around and sue you.
1: They don't have to even wait for you to become highly successful. They could sue you immediately. Um, that's what a trademark. Oh, I'm trying to is. get that back. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, they don't even have to wait. And, and mind you, like, even when you have in your brand right now, I don't even have to. If I look it up, if someone looks it up and decides today, like, hey, I want to go ahead and trademark uh, Antonio Hicks podcast name. And then he's going to have to buy it from me. It's happened before. People get real oh, mad really? in world, Yes. Oh, wow. He's going to have to buy it back from me if he wants that name. It's the first to file situation. So if they put out two episodes on a podcast, file for it and say, hey, this is my podcast name. And I've been using it since X, Y, and Z. They can actually file it before you and then ultimately get that registration before you. And then you'll be fighting hand, tooth and nail to try to get it back.
0: Now, I've seen it happen with websites. I didn't know they could do that with anything else. Wow.
1: Yeah, they can do it with trademarks. Um, they can do it with brand names. I've I've seen it happen before. I've, I've seen some people that have been in business 5, 10, 20 years,
0: mm-hmm. and then they
1: turn around and they're unable to trademark it because... 15, 20 other brands have
0: trademarked it after then, or after they started using it. Wow. So, well, I guess the time frame is the minute you come up with the idea of something that you really think you're going, well, I mean, yeah, because how would somebody measure that out? Because let's, you know, I'm going to use this podcast thing, for instance. And I'm using it because of this morning meetup class I'm on. And it's like, they're trying to get a ton of people into podcasts. What if you paid that $2,500, let's say for all the classes. And I want you to, you know, tell me what those classes are. And they decide that, I guess, a year into it, that it's not really into the podcasting. What happened? Can they just sell it or is it something they just own?
1: Um. So you own your trademark so long, so long as you're continuing to use it. So once okay. it's filed and registered, you have that ownership for five years. You have to renew it after five years. Okay. Um, I always tell my clients, you know, because there's two t- two separate applications that you can file for. You can file an in use, meaning you you have that class in use. You're actively selling the T-shirts. You're actively doing the podcast. You're actively doing the workshops and hosting the events, whatever it may be. Mm. Um, or you can do an intent to use application, which means that you haven't yet done it yet, but you plan to do it in the near future. Um, so. In a situation or in the event that they haven't done it yet, they would file the intent to use application. Okay. And that means that they would pay to continue to ask for extensions or request for extension of time to get it in use before anything um, pretty much manifests all the way into the registration phase. You have to have it in use. So before it can get registered, before the application can get registered, you have to show United States Patent Trademark Office, hey, it's actually in use. Here's my website. Here's my proof. Um, so in the event that someone files for a trademark that they haven't yet used mm-hmm. or they are using now currently and they decide later before it gets to registration, they don't want to use it anymore. I mean, they can, ab- they can abandon that class or decide to take it off or remove it, oh. or they can request additional time for them to either get their act together or want to decide to use it later on. But <laughs> That filing of that trademark is like a placeholder. It holds, you know, provides some sort of security for you to have ownership rights of that class. You can always um, I wouldn't say always, but you can get it removed. But once it's uh, registered, um, you have that five year mark to where you have to actually show use within that five years. At, after that five years of having it registered, you decide, oh, I'm done with that company. I don't want to use it anymore. You don't have to renew it.
0: OK, are you fine? You somebody get that act together.
1: Mm-hmm. No, because I've had people that I because it's a long process. Mm-hmm. The trademark process takes about twelve to eighteen months to fully register. Oh, I've had really? Yes. Wow. It's not, it's not a file walk in the park and it's done. It's we file and there's about twelve to eighteen months. So you have to understand the level of commitment that not only we have at our firm, but we need our clients to have too with our brands. That's why we don't take every client. Okay. Um, we. You know, handpick our specific clients that we want to work with, or that we do work with, because we need that level of commitment. To where you're not gonna follow with us May of 2023, and then turn around May of 2024 and say, "I don't want to do it no more." Like it was just an idea. Like, right? You just wasted your money, and you. Not only that, we wasted time. The time. You know what I mean? So yeah. we want you have to be really fully committed to the brand, or committed to the idea, and it. It starts as a thought. And then you have to really be, you know, in that mindset of saying, like, I want to really bring this to fruition. So mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that I have this brand and it's going to, you know, withstand time, the test of time.
0: So you say y'all handpick y'all clients of who y'all work with, which means y'all have some had some horror stories before. Like, what's some of the worst cases you had where y'all had to do something like that or turn somebody away? <laughs> if I can ask that. You have, I mean, you have to tell it. I'm just, I'm just curious because I'm like, because I'm going by what you just said earlier and I'm like, wow, like who would really pay up that money? You got to wait a full year and a half and then you decide nah, hey, this ain't for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, most of the heavy lifting is done by us, but it does require, you know, partially, you know, some of the client to get some work done. Like if you say you got to do this podcast we file an intent to use within that year, we're going to be, you know, pushing you and calling you and checking for updates. Hey, when is that podcast coming out? Have you released the show? Have you released this? Where is it released that? You uh-huh. know, we, we can't we can't do that part of the work for you but the right. part of the work that is required of you you have to make sure that you're doing your part too so we have had clients that have come to us and have filed for something and then they just you know it was just a dream at one point and then they're like I, I'm not doing it no longer and you know they, they, there's really nothing we can do at that point you know what I mean like yeah. besides try to motivate you um I I love all of my clients. I'm not even gonna lie. Even the ones that give me a hard time. I love all of my clients. I'm not just saying that because I'm on the interview. I actually love all my clients because I love what I do and I love the, the, uh, the, I love the fact that I get to work with so many different moguls and just so many different brand owners and business owners and entrepreneurs. It's like just a small space of this world. And then to actually be able to work side by side and be a part of something so great. It's truly a precious moment. So I do love all my clients. We have had some tough cookies here and there, whatever the case may be, but that's just that's just business you know you got to brush it off and keep moving like if you're you don't know how to handle the downs you know you're not really deserving of the ups so I I take everything with a grain of salt I don't take anything personal I I definitely learned early how to turn off that personal and you know turn off personal and and just get straight to the business um and I think my clients really appreciate that about me because it's nothing personal ever
0: I mean, but in your case though, would there is there really a downside? Because you're getting paid to do what you do. I mean, outside of you have to do some work, sure.
1: I'm getting paid, but I'm also invested in these brands. Like, I, love, I support my brand, my my entrepreneurs. I like the body products. I'm like fully in tune, like and invested into it. So yes, like it's it's almost like you know. Although it's my client's baby, it's like my ba- part of my baby too because you know, we, we building this up together. Like we, we, we making a dream work, we making the teamwork, make the dream work. So that part of it, like actually getting invested in that, like um, in that brand of that business, but you know, it's not really an L it's just, you know, having that, that sentiment towards the brand owner or the entrepreneur, like, Oh, you should do it. Like, it's a great idea. Like I, I wow. feel like a lot of ideas that they come to me with are great ideas. They just have to have that push themselves.
0: So you had people, I'm just curious now before I get into the other question, So you had people that you've been trying to encourage because you liked the idea of the product and they didn't, they just didn't follow through with it.
1: Well, they, you know, we filed for the trademark and then, you know, we've either had to ask for extensions or things of that sort, Uh or, you know, they said, Oh, well, I'm no longer doing it. So I'm no longer interested. Some people have, you know, we we've been, I've been doing this since before COVID. So you got to understand a lot of people's mindset when it comes, excuse me, when it comes to entrepreneurship shifted. A lot of people yeah. wanted to be an entrepreneur after COVID. And then now that things are simmering out, simmering back out, you really see who the true entrepreneurs are, like the ones that are withstanding the test of time. So I have had that before. Um Here and there, not too many. Most of our clients, uh-huh. like I said, we, get, we know, we can kind of tell off rip from the first consultation what type of client you're going to be. We, uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, we have a really good job. We do a really good job at Um, sizing them up, I I would say.
0: So what do y'all's typical clients look like?
1: Um, We have entrepreneurs. We have corporations. um, I have um, international clients. Um, If you are not a U.S. citizen, you are required to have a U.S. attorney file your trademark. So I have quite a few international clients that want to do business here in the U.S. Um, I have one as far as Tokyo, China. So it's like we have um, quite a few different like we have a lot of different clients.
0: And they approach you crazy. all or you all approach them?
1: They approach They approach me. They approach us. Okay. Quite a few. We, we get leads every single day by the grace of God. Like I said, it was something that literally came and sat in my lap and the momentum and, the, and, and just everything has just been going since the beginning. Like when I first jumped off and decided, hey, I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to start my firm. I'm going to do trademarks full time uh-huh. um, with no job, you know, Everything literally just started falling in my lap. So clients have just been rolling in. I think it's just word of mouth, advertisement, putting the website out there, SEO stuff. Just just been working for me. It's been working in my favor by the grace of God.
0: I mean, I can see how that would be busy though, because I mean everybody's coming up with different ideas, especially after COVID. People saw that corporate America really wasn't the answer to everything. I mean, of course, you know, we still want to have our worker bees out there, but we saw how you know, somebody can easily let you go. So it's like, why not venture off to have something else on your own? Even if you are working a full-time job, just to have some extra income coming in. So absolutely. I can see how that will keep you busy.
1: Yes, absolutely. Everybody needs a trademark. I think it's up to me to, to, to be able to sell it, you know, to be able to show them why they need one. But everybody needs a trademark or two or three. Um, I have a serial trademarker clients that have filed like 20 plus trademarks um, yearly. Um, yeah, everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody needs a trademark.
0: So now I'm, I'm curious about that. Like, what is he doing with all of this? Just holding on to the names or the ideas?
1: Names, domains. No, he's actually working them. Like he's doing stuff with them. But it's it's, wow. it's. Yeah, he's doing things with all of all of his trademarks. He's literally doing something with every last one of them. They're not even when we first originally filed for them. They were intent to use, but now they're oh. actually in use. So he's. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's wow. he believes in brand protection and believes in his work and his brand and his vision. So he he wants and knows the importance of having that protection and wants it protected.
0: Now, after the five years, what's the cost at, to renew it after five years?
1: Um, so with renewals, it's a little bit cheaper. Um, our starting rate for renewals is seven fifty. Okay. Um, so just to renew it and make sure that you have it. After that five years, it's uh, seven fifty, and then so you renew it five year mark in between year five and six, you renew it again in between year nine and ten. So five more years after that, and then after the ten year mark, it's every ten years. Okay. Yeah. So now,
0: can you explain the difference between like trademarks, copyrights, and patents, and when each one of them like be the appropriate time to use it?
1: Uh, so patent is more like you know an invention of something that hasn't been invented yet. Um, it's an idea. It's something that hasn't been invented yet. Um, so, you know, when you have that idea and you know that it hasn't been in- invented yet, you want to get started with the patent process because patent process can be even longer than the trademark process. Sometimes not that I do know three to five years, sometimes even longer, um, depending on the complexity of it. Um, I don't primarily practice in patents. Um, uh-huh. I typically refer those type of cases out um, so I can only briefly Scratch the surface on what I know about that, but um, patents is more or less for the idea of something, you know, protecting that idea of something that hasn't re- yet been invented yet. Okay. Um, or your own rendition of it or whatnot, so long as it's not, you know, too similar to what has already been invented. Um, copyright comes into play when you want to protect the actual contents. Um, so, for example, when. um <laughs> Who was that? 21 Savage and Drake had the the cover that looked like Vogue. That was more or less a copyright infringement because it was clearly clear as day that they were using some sort of rendition of how Vogue was and they were actually making money off of it. So they had to end up changing the cover and then paying up whatever they ended up settling out for for that, um, for that use of that, for that album. Um, so copyright would more or less be so more along the lines of the content. Um, if you're going to write a song and someone steals your actual song, it's the same song, what Soldier Boy said, bar for bar, <laughs> then you want to make sure that you're stepping it, stepping up and um, getting that copyright infringement case done because they're actually stealing your words, your work of art, word for word. Um, that's when copyright will come into play. You want to think about content when you think about copyright. And then trademark comes into play when someone steals your whole brand identity. Okay. So it doesn't necessarily have to be the same exact name. If it has the same type of connotation, if people read it, and it looks one way or the other. Um, you know, I think Starbucks had like a dispute a while ago with another co- company that was like uh, Sandbox or some- something similar, but it was uh-huh. it was both selling coffee. So they were primarily in the same channels of work <laughs> and it was so- basically Starbucks versus something bucks. Like the McDonald's? Yeah, McDonald's and McDowells, And they both were selling fast food. So... Uh-huh you know, it's going to confuse the consumer, whatever would conf- the standard is likelihood of confusion. So if it would confuse a consumer in the marketplace to where they wouldn't know, okay, I thought they were the same thing, then, you know, that's where that confusion lies. So when you think about trademarks, you want to think about the actual title of your, of your brand, or if a logo looks way too similar to that other brand, then um, that's where um, trademark would come into play and where you would be able to, you know, defend yourself in that manner.
0: Okay. Now it's, it's got me on to an actual different question. So now with, with AI coming out and um, you, I don't know if you heard the Drake and uh, Weekend song that's actually went viral. I
1: did. I like that song. I do. I like that song too. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> it that was like, they good. need to work. They need to work together.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but he's saying, he's trying to figure out a way. Can you copyright or trade like your voice? I don't think you can do that, can you?
1: So with some sounds, it can be, uh, it, you can have protection for some sounds. Um, okay. there is like some sort of limited protection for it, but there, there are, you know, you are able to, uh, get protection in, an in, in the intellectual property space for sounds, okay. um, but. I think it was more so along the lines of the likeness of it, so it was portraying to be him, and that's yeah. why it was getting so much notoriety and fame. Um, so that's why they were saying that you know it, it's it's too close, it's way it's too close for comfort, and it's more or less capitalizing off of him and his likeness. So that's why there was a, a bit of confusion there.
0: And he would do something about that? So In your they opinion. were.
1: I believe so. It is all still very new. And, uh-huh. and, you know, the laws, the laws are the laws as it pertains to what we have available. So with AI uh-huh. not being so readily available before, they may not have any specific laws to it. But as it pertains to like the likeness of his voice and of the actual records that are being produced, the the I think Sony and the rest of the music companies were able to kind of get it taken down. I believe so. They were. Oh, really? I want to say they were able to get it taken down um, because of the likeness or they were trying to uh, try to get it taken down. And I believe they're probably going to do some sort of uh, infringement suit or something of that sort to where it's, you know, way too close or similar to the actual artist.
0: Yeah, because I was curious about it because I'm like, I see if you use their song and Mm -hmm. the stuff that they're reading. But if you created something from scratch and you just Mm -hmm. use their voice, I didn't think they could. Like copyright their actual voice itself because their voice is in the public.
1: It is, it is. So it's a, it's going to be a bit tricky. But like I said, you can you can have protection for certain sounds. Not necess- I, I don't believe that there is particular protection for actual voices. It's just the the likeness that there there is of the other two. But you know, that's going to be something that is going to be researched. And I think that that's going to be something that's going to be talked about and probably have some type of pending laws um, available because AI is really changing the game right now.
0: Yes, it is. Are you using AI?
1: I have briefly started using it. Um, My videographer showed me and put me up on game about how um, we can start using it for drafting captions and stuff like that. Um, which I think is pretty cool, but like uh-huh. I'm so used to like making everything sound like me and like you know wanting to have my flavor and my feel and my touch on it. But in the in the essence of working smarter, not harder, I think that AI is probably going to be a, a major benefit.
0: Yes, yeah, speed up your workflow. Yeah.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, because
0: I know I use it for like when I edit, I edit myself up personally, but then when I when it's like caption. I use it in Adobe Premiere Pro and um, this other this mobile app called CapCut. I think everybody's oh, okay. using it now too. Yeah,
1: I've heard of CapCut. How do you like that app?
0: I, I mean, I like it. It's not as robust as, like I say, a, a, like a full application, but to get the job done and get it online, no, it's perfect.
1: Okay, gotcha.
0: It's perfect. So right. what do you think the future of intellectual property, what does it look like? and how do you think it's going to like evolve over time
1: I mean AI, ai intellectual property ip has been around for quite some time now you know what i mean um, yeah. i think that it is definitely evolving um just in the realm of you know certain laws being like you know pulled back on and you know just opening up to just the way that modern world works now i think that um just a bunch of like our, like you would see like a lot of our slogans and slang and stuff like that is starting to be trademarked. And a lot of our people, for instance, is we're starting to take it a little bit more serious too. So just getting a lot more diversity, um, when it comes to trademark, I I feel that that's going to, that's already been shaping, um, you know, intellectual property world. But, um, I think for the future, um, I think it's going to more so um, veer over to the, the the modern side, more or less. Um, I feel like it's still going to have its own state. But I mean, I think that with the progression of society and then just, you know, so many more um, innovatives and creatives and people being out there just wanting to do different things. Like it's probably going to to crack the code pretty soon.
0: Now, where do you see yourself in this this social media content creator network because you're a content creator too
1: yeah i am i am um and it's so funny because like you you have to get out of the mindset of just being like one track mind it's like oh yeah i'm a lawyer but i I am also a content creator so it is it is it is funny like now embracing that more or less but like putting the content out there for people to be able to see um, I see myself like continuing to do my thing when it comes to content creation and putting that out information out there. Um, you know, growing my accounts on all scales. I'm starting to get my momentum of posting on all all sites. That that has been um, a tremendous game changer for me this past year. But um, I definitely see myself just growing in that in that field um, and and learning with my clients too. I, I love taking on cases that you know, I've scratched the surface on and don't really know about and, you know, and then just can crack the code and figure it out. So just growing more or less with my clients as well, too. So I see myself just um, spreading my wings and, and and flying like an eagle. Honestly, just taking taking my um taking my time with it and, and putting stuff out there and just being an asset, adding value. Okay.
0: Now, can you share like any advice for individuals or companies like looking to protect their intellectual property rights?
1: Start early. Um, That's one of the biggest pieces of advice that I can give. Just definitely start early, even if it's just getting information, um, have an idea of who you would want to work with. Um, It is a long period of time that you'll be working with that person. So make sure that you guys, you know, you actually like the person and can get along with them for quite some time. Um, But also just start early um, and never think that it's, too early to start. Some people, like I said, they, they start to protect these things before they actually ever put a piece of product out there. Okay. Um, and it's all, always best to do it that way, because you know that you're investing in a brand that you actually own and not something that's, you know, you'll never be able to own. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Definitely start early. Never think it's too early to, early to start. Um, and then just, if it's something that you believe in, invest in it. That's that's another piece of advice. A lot of people, they waver the fence and I feel like by having that trademark, it's like, all right, I I did it. I took the first step, I filed that trademark. I got to make something shake now, you know? So it kind of puts that fire under your behind to make sure that you're getting your stuff done because like I said, it has to um, get in use by the time it gets registered. So if you're getting that trademark, that's how I know you're really taking your brand seriously.
0: So with somebody going through their process, I'm going to give you an example this morning. Uh, One of the young ladies, she's she come she's came up with this this online course and some of her stuff is like written material. She was advised just to go ahead and pursue getting uh, copyrights for it, but then to go ahead and start selling the product, too, because you don't want to wait to start making money. Do you recommend that or do you recommend just her waiting somebody like her waiting a year and a half before she starts putting the product out there?
1: No, I don't recommend waiting. Um, The thing about it is from the date of filing is when you start to matriculate some of those protection rights as it pertains to trademarks, especially. So although we know that the process takes about a year, year and a half, once you file that trademark, you are able to pretty much have access to a lot of the rights that you have from the trademark. Um, You're not able to use the register R symbol, but you are able to use the trademark symbol, which warns people and lets people know, Hey, I have a trademark application out there. Don't touch my stuff. (laughs) So basically like it lets people know, like, don't, you know, come over here trying to bite my stuff because I have a mark out there. And then you are actually able to start sending people cease and desist letters from the data filing as well, too. So it dates back to the data filing. Um, you start to get some of those rights from the data filing. So I wouldn't advise her to wait until a year and a half later. Um, it's not a requirement. You can actually start defending yourself while you're in the tra- in the trademark process.
0: Huh? Now I'm gonna ask the old country, I don't know where you're from. I'm from the dirty. I'm from the south. And where the one are you from? I'm from Macon, Georgia.
1: Oh, okay. you from Georgia. I'm from Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Yeah.
0: Y'all ain't the South.
1: We sort <laughs> of. We Southern. We more South than y'all. <laughs> we yeah, yeah, map.
0: you are.
1: <laughs> looking at the map, we more South than y'all. <laughs> yeah, you
0: are. You are. Yes. But man, I mean, well, I guess it is the Bible Belt. Yeah, yeah, y'all are. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one.
1: Yeah, we there. Jacksonville, Florida. But you're not okay. as a
0: Southern as we are. Not quite. So... I know for me growing up, like one of the old country things they would say to do is if you have an idea to write it down and put a date across the top and mail it to yourself and you could sue somebody from that. Is that true? Right. I'm trying to get these urban myths what out they, of I think they, they call
1: that like a dead man's trademark, a dead yeah. man copyright or something like that. That right. is not true. And if you took that to the USPTO's office, they will say this dead man trademark copyright is fake news. Um, they will look at you and laugh. It is not true. Um, I don't know why they said that that was something that worked. Maybe in the old days that was something that sufficed, but uh-huh. with this new United States Patent Trademark Office, absolutely, immediately no. you never heard of it before? <laughs> I've heard of it before. They call oh, it okay.
0: M- yeah, I'm like, yeah, people say that all the time because... Well, you-
1: poor man's well- trademark. I think it's poor man's trademark.
0: Yeah, because they, well, I mean, like you said early on, like with our community, we, it's to us, it seemed when you were talking about like trademark and anything to that degree, we're thinking like the thousands and thousands of thousand dollars that you don't even have, you haven't even have made yet from the business idea. So it's like, eh, you know, I can just write it out and mail it to myself and I should be able to protect myself. But I mean, you tend me to 20, 2,500, 3,000, that's not bad at all. I mean, you've been on the phone nowadays.
1: Yeah, you you spend that on clothes and bags and shoes and and trips and the clubs and sections and models. So yeah, no, we
0: can't. We gotta take the trips out of the picture. Trips are trips and memories. We can't. Bags, yes, but not <laughs> not the trips. Gotta take I'm trips.
1: Sorry. Hey, de- depending on where you going and and you know how early you buy the tri- buy the flight, it could be.
0: Oh, it is. Oh, yeah. hey, yeah. If you go from one end to the country to the next, is the the, the ticket alone. It's almost yeah. seven, eight hundred dollars. That's just a ticket. That's not a hotel and everything else that you're doing. Yeah, you're gonna spend it.
1: Facts. Facts. But yeah, don't be out here doing the poor man's trademark. That's that's gonna leave you out here poor poor man like that man we were talking about earlier, that's that's homeless. Don't be out here doing that because that agitates
0: not- the hell out of me. I mean, because you have to think this man and I I can understand him. You know the Kardashians and approached him. And he's thinking, "Oh my God, wow! These famous celebrities approached me to develop that app, and you developed that app for them, and you see how successful it becomes, and you can't participate in that success." Yeah, that would that would make me mad.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. But he's he had to have signed it over. He had to have signed over his rights, or either didn't have an attorney that looked over it properly. But I'm not even going to put that back on us as the attorneys. Let's just say. you, Signed over his rights
0: like, Yeah, he signed <laughs> over his I'm pretty sure he signed up his rights. Had yeah. to. Had to. Yeah, because I mean, it's, there is no way in the world that you would think that you you came up with this and then you allowed them to take all this stuff. He just, he signed his rights over. And I guess once he realized the mistake he made, that's when he tried to sue and it didn't work. And they wanted their counter suit against him.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's why I'm just like, yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Mm -mm. I mean, that's why I tell people to read the terms of service of stuff they'd be signing up for because I work in IT and I'm all about protecting your data and people just arbitrarily just go in and start signing off on stuff just to hurry up and get into the application. I'm like, you need to know what the hell (laughs) are you signing your stuff over into and your data itself because you don't know how they're going to use it and how they could actually use your pictures or whatever you upload like on social media and whatnot. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. I agree. So, that's that's just like when the um I think they had like the AI where everybody was looking like the cartoons and stuff. Uh huh. Finding <laughs> over all that stuff, and I wouldn't be surprised if they got clones of us walking around.
0: I did it. Now. I mean, but
1: I did it I, too. I, mean, I understand hey, clone, what I'm giving up. <laughs> if you if you see a clone that look like me, hey, I, I did it. I did. So. I mean, we all
0: got our doppelgängers out there.
1: And the facial recognition on all the apps, like look at TikTok and Instagram, and I mean they they've been doing it. So hey, who's somebody get
0: real political. Even with all that facial recognition, they still can't get Black folks right. <laughs> but I'm not trying to mess up uh, Alicia's <laughs> job, so I'm just saying.
1: I'm gonna just be quiet on that one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Cause there's people in here in this group that I'm quiet. in, like this building I'm in, they actually work with. I don't even going to call the companies and they work with companies to help them recognize how us black people look in AI. Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a job to have. Now, how you that distinguish is an interesting that? Job. Yeah.
1: That is a very interesting job.
0: Because when they first came out with like the, the facial recognition. I mean, it's sad to say, but it's the truth. It will always classify us as looking the same. Just about always looking the same.
1: Yeah, there was a, um, a biography or sometimes there was like a um, a show on Netflix where it was talking about that. Mm-hmm. And it was like overseas where people were doing the facial recognition. They were trying to like combat crime and they were always they, they realized that a lot of that stuff was raci- like it was racially biased. Yep. Like completely racially biased. So they were getting into that and it was like backed by science that it was like, they were like, how is all of this stuff? Even, even with one of these companies, I, I won't mention because I don't remember which one it was, but one of these major corporations, they were using it to do like the hiring process. And they realized later that they were like throwing out all the black applications. Yep. So yeah, it, it gets real. And it's like, how do you, how do you train a computer to be racist like who is behind the scenes training a computer a computer like you have to feed it the information yep. so how are you training a computer to be racist like it was beyond me I was like wow this is this is crazy
0: and now you know who's working those jobs and who was not working those jobs
1: <laughs> and th- another reason to start your own business and get your trademark hey Yep. You you can you can be you can be the one that's hiring and firing and doing all that with your own business. Because
0: I see it even in, like I don't ever call my companies, but I see it in my own companies, I and mean, like it's a lot of minorities like on the lower levels. But the minute you start getting up there, because to work in AI or machine learning, it's not typically jobs where you see a whole bunch of us at. So we not oh, yeah. we don't have a seat at the table.
1: Absolutely not.
0: And then we are up there. They not want to listen to us anyway because. Never mind, I'm just, I'm, I'm gonna get on something else. <laughs> so, back on, so what are, uh, so as you start to wind down, so what are some of the like ethical considerations involved in like intellectual property law? And how do you ensure that, you know, you uphold those ethical standards when working with like your clients?
1: So, I mean, ethical, of course, is just making sure that you're abiding by your specific state, uh, rules of the Bar ABA rules, American Bar Association rules. Um, so just keeping client communication open, um, keeping client information confidential, um, making sure that you know you're doing your due diligence to look and research these companies. Um, re- look and research the information these clients are giving you because you never want to make you, n- you never want to be in a situation where you're backdooring another client or somebody else that can come after you and be like, Oh, y'all stole this and y'all stole that. So just doing your due diligence to make sure that you're fact checking these clients, like not just listening to what they're saying the first time, making sure that they're providing the information, you know, that they're saying uh, to be able to fully stand on that, um, keeping records, um, appropriate records and, you know, making sure that you're not disclosing any of the records or any of that information, um, also making sure that if you are working with a client or a brand, um, and if it's too similar to a new new client or brand that comes in, that you're not working both of the cases, um, you're referring it out. So doing that check in the beginning to make sure that there are no conflicts. Um, those are a few of the different, co- you know, ethical obligations that I have to my clients um, for trademarking. yeah. Huh?
0: I had another question. I had a brain fart. I forgot what I was going to ask you. Oh, so you were so early on, you were saying that you want to make sure that you're working with the right person as far as like the Lord. Why would there be a conflict if I'm coming to you to have you do my trademark or my copyright?
1: Well, when I say that, I mean I I said it meaning like I want to work with clients that are very serious about their brand. Like I said, so we're doing a lot of the heavy lifting, of course, but like I want to make sure I'm working with clients that are very serious about their brand for one, um, that are taking it seriously, and you know, they aren't going to just crap out in the middle of the journey and say I don't, you know, I don't want to, I no longer want to do it. um The people that are on fire about their brands because we bring the fire. We bring the excitement. We push you. We do all of that stuff. But like, I want to make sure I'm working with with clients that have that same type of energy as well, too. So since being an attorney, we have the right to be able to work with clients that we like, you know, clients that we want to work with. We don't have to Uh work with everyone. Um, I just, you know, I make sure I handpick my clients. Like, um, I'm not saying it like I turn away a lot of people, but I do handpick. Like, I do make sure that There is going to be a good fit. Um, One thing that I have, you know, put at the forefront of my legal journey is making sure that I have a great work and life balance. Um, And I I think that that plays a vital role in the type of clients that I select or that I choose to work with um, and the type of cases that I choose to take on. So. I just make sure that I steer clear of any red flags in the beginning so I don't have to have that headache eight, nine months down the line knowing that I have to work with you for 12, 18 months.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you don't want that at all.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: So as we wind down, where can people find you if they want to put their name in the hat and have you investigate them before they find out that you don't want to work with them?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, Mr. Hicks, don't do me like that.
0: No, I, no uh, believe me, 100%. I understand that. I was talking to the guy yesterday, or earlier today.
1: See, no,
0: uh uh-uh, uh, no. I like honesty. Uh uh-uh. uh. No, because it's the truth. So I have, so I've been doing this for like three years now. And like mm-hmm. I ran for office. So, you know, I I did my home, my grind in the street. I'm a big nerd. So, I you know, I know my technology stuff because I've been working in IT for 20 something years. So when people come to me and want to get a part of, like what I've created, mm-hmm. if they don't, people don't become coming correct. So I know I understand it
1: 100%. Yeah. It's a part to... of business. It's not yeah. personal, it's just no. literally a part of business. Oh. I have not had to turn down that many clients. Like I haven't. It's not like I have like 20 people come in and I only choose five of them. Like I, it's not like that. But like I have learned, and, and I was just talking to one of my interns about it. She was like, well, what if, you know, we don't morally connect with the client or, you know, we have just so many different, I don't bring those more, you know, I don't bring, I don't bring any type of like outside opinion. So politics, me and my clients don't discuss that. So if you were, yeah. you know, you're a hard liberal or Republican or D- Democrat or whatever the case may be, that's your business. I don't, that has nothing to do with me and my business and how are my trademarks, but I do like to work in an environment to where I'm going to have peace. And if, yeah. you know, you're, you know, one of those type of clients that I can see in the beginning and I can spot it in the beginning that, you know, I might not want to, I might not have it or, you know, I might not have that piece with you, then, hey, that I have that ability to be able to do it. But you can find me for those (laughs) who want to get a trademark. I promise I'm not ruthless when it comes to my selection process. Um, We we take everybody in for a consultation. So at least come talk to us. But you can find me at Attorney Welisha. That's Attorney A. T T O R N E Y Welisha W I L L I S H I A on Instagram um, and then Facebook as well as TikTok as well. Um, and then yeah, you can find me on all three of those pages if you want to have a consult and reach out. Um, you can also find me on esquire I'm in the Miami branch. And then you can also find me at the brandplant.org. <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I'm just teasing y'all. When y'all go to her page, she likes she's a high energy person. Like you can tell by the vibe on her pages that there's somebody you really would want to work with, which is why I reached out. Well, I was referred to her, but I'm glad I was referring to her. Because clearly she's doing something good to have somebody refer to her outside the state. So
1: yeah, that
0: speaks to who she is. So she's ain't the one no that shades your way. I said it speaks to who you are.
1: Yes, it speaks volumes, and I'm I'm truly appreciative of it. You'd be surprised how many connections you can get from social media, and just by interacting with people. Um, I believe I met luncheon lawyer um, Alicia is her name, right?
0: Yeah, Alicia. Yeah,
1: Alicia. I have met Alicia um, at a birthday dinner before, and her energy is always on ten. Like I just always love her all of her content and everything else, and just interacting on social media, and then her putting you know you in my path and just exchanging of connections and contacts. Like social media takes y'all places. So be yeah. serious when it comes to your content and your branding and just put yourself out that you never know who you may reach out to or what type of uh, connections you would or opportunities you may get out of it. So it's definitely a place of opportunity.
0: Yeah, she's a peach. I protect all my peaches. So
1: she is. Yep. I like her. <laughs>
0: so one thing I do ask is that all of my guests leave with a final thought, a word of encouragement. Especially these people trying to get some copyright stuff done and they've been doing it, the old, the, the dead man's copyright.
1: <laughs> so this is just, just for motivation and purposes or is yeah. this like just surrounding like trademarks and law and business? And- it could be both. Okay. Um, so i just like to say don't sleep on your dreams. Um, make sure that you are putting in the work and doing what you need to do on your behalf. God won't work unless you do. So make sure that you're doing your better half and showing up every day, even if that's the least you can do. The The half of the battle is showing up. So as long as you wake up every day, put your best foot forward when it comes to your brand, when it comes to networking, you know, scratching off these things off your to-do list, um, that's half the battle. So you can do it. I believe in you. And I'm here if you ever need a trademark.
0: Amen to that. And I'll piggyback off of that. I think that even once, once you start on the process, don't ever get leery on what you're doing. Cause once you start the process, that's when the true work actually begins. So no matter if it takes a year, or no matter if it takes two years, this can working on your journey. And if you keep working on your journey, then you eventually will be blessed in everything that you have going for you. So thank you again for coming on.
1: Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure.
0: I, say, I mean, I love to have you back. Cause like I said, there's more I like to ask. And I'm sure there's more that once I actually put your episode out there, people want to know too, because this is something I hear come up a lot, a, a lot of the time. So... Like I said, I'm glad you were on to answer some questions. And y'all can find me on on ptgtv.online. Or on Mr. Underscore Antonio Hicks. I am putting on my personal page. And I will turn you down coming on to my personal page. <laughs> I will turn you away. My business page is pcgtv.online. No, pcgtv. And that's everywhere. That's on, I think, TikTok as well, too. So thank y'all for tuning in. Love you all. Live, love, laugh. Peace out. See
1: you next
0: time.